Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinal Podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm Johnny Venerable alongside the GM Saul Bookman, who's toting the rock today. Always. On a football list February. Gotta keep it high day. and tight. Let's go. Let's go. Punch it out during nope. the show here. We don't want to do that. I don't want to piss <laughs> off my boss. Uh, thank you for hopping on here on a Tuesday. We're talking a little Arizona Cardinals to kick off the show, and we're going to keep it. I think in the front office, um, because much has been made of the Cardinals' draft habits really since Steve Kime has taken over Mm -hmm. as GM since 2013. And a new chart was made by the fine folks at Pro Football Focus today that that caught our attention as it relates to wins above replacement. That's normally a baseball term. We don't really get into that. But where the Arizona Cardinals rank um, for non-quarterbacks since 2019 was staggering. Jacob, if we have that graphic, this is the worst, one of the worst in the NFC, seventh worst in the NFL for Oof. drafting non-quarterbacks since 2019. Again, this is league-wide. You look at the Bucks, the Commanders, the Raiders, 49ers, it says at the top, they're ready to support a quarterback. If I'm Kyler Murray and I see this graphic, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling Michael Bidwell, I want an open checkbook because I am carrying this organization right now and you aren't doing a damn thing as it relates to the draft to help support me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that graphic is kind of insane. It is. And it is, I mean, it, it's it's tough because you're looking at what the Cardinals have done through the draft and mm-hmm. you're sitting there trying to think, let's just, let's just stay offensively. Okay. Okay. Offensively speaking, because we know that the last two drafts they've drafted linebackers in the first round. Okay, <laughs> yes, yes, which we can we, talk we about. Know. We could we could talk about a whole a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, basically, all you have to show for that is Rondell Moore, mm-hmm. and you got to hope that that pans out. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is it. Josh Jones is tobacco. Eh, he's yeah. Fine. He took a gamble, and maybe he works out at guard. Who knows? But, uh, you know, no. that's horrific. Well, and I want to put a big asterisk on this because they did trade a 2020 second rounder for D-Hop and a 2021 third rounder for Rodney Hudson. But exclusively, we're talking building through the draft. Here are notable picks since 2019 besides Kyler Murray. Okay, this is non-quarterback. So you've got Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, 
Jalen Thompson, Isaiah Simmons, you mentioned Josh Jones, Xavier Collins, Rondell Moore, and Marco Wilson. So a lot of young names notables. on that list. Those no, are the notables. Those are notables. Everybody else, you know, with all due respect to the Rashad Lawrences and Lecky Fotus. Cancel them. Eno Benjamins. Yeah. They're probably going to be bubble roster guys, backups. The guys I named will go into next year as prominent roles, starters, that kind of thing. Nobody in that list, I would say, outside of Jalen Thompson, is sniffing a Pro Bowl. Certainly, you know, you can make an argument, contract extensions for Thompson and, and maybe Byron Murphy, that's it. Mm-hmm. Certainly no Pro Bowlers in that group. Outside of your quarterback, by the way, who you took in coincidentally 2019. If I'm Kyler Murray and I'm thinking to myself, you're trotting out old A.J. Green, you know, we're letting Christian Kirk walk at the end of this year, pro- probably... We don't know what's going on at running back. Both of our starting running backs are free agents. It What needs to change for this team? Well, uh, a complete overhaul of their scouting system, number yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, that that's where I would start if I was – hey, listen, you're, you're, you have Steve Kime in the fold, mm-hmm. okay? He's the trigger guy for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And he's going to be the person that people point to the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Kime has got to be better overall. Yeah. Now, whether, whatever his decision-making process is – He's going to have to modify that, and he's going to have to change it to a degree that can actually be effective for this Cardinals franchise because mm-hmm. right now, if we are talking about the last five years, Steve Keim has, whist, has missed woefully yeah. in the last five draft picks. And you can even go all the way back to the draft where they should have pulled the trigger to make a trade to get up into the 10th spot to draft Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and they didn't do it. Mm-mm. For whatever reason, they didn't do it. They should have done it. That, that would put this franchise on a whole other level right now. You wouldn't have to, to waste draft capital on, on a Kyler Murray yep. or even um, uh, Josh Rosen. Yeah. And you would have a bona fide possible future Hall of Famer in the fold. I'm glad you brought that point up because it's it's a point that I get pushed back a lot from fans. And I do I say this with all due respect to DeAndre Hopkins. I love D-Hop. They're paying him over $20 million this year. He's approaching 30 years old. If you had just sat put at pick eight and taken CeeDee Lamb, even if everybody says, well, they couldn't have taken CeeDee Lamb because they they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Number one, that's false. Mm-hmm. Dallas showed you you could double up on all pro receivers. It just shows you the, the vast, vast benefit of drafting and developing because you get them so cheap for so long. And these Band-Aid free agents, I love Rodney Hudson. He's hurt last year. He's expensive. He's great when he's healthy, but he's also, again, over 30 years old. So it just the teams that are on that list, I don't know, Jacob, if we can pull that back up. What really pisses me off here, Saul, look where the Rams are. Everybody just laughs at the Rams. You know, Les Sneed's famous line is, is fuck them picks, right? He trades them all away. Well, the picks he does have that he does make, they're top 10 in war efficiency, right? The 49ers, a lot of people think, are a sleeping giant if Trey Lance can play and get their, get their act together. Even the Seahawks in the Cardinals' own division, they're at least middle of the pack. The Cardinals, who have been in a complete rebuild since that Josh Rosen, Steve Wilkes, you know, debacle where they completely tanked for the first overall pick, they're, they're not efficient when drafting, and, and nothing has changed. Yeah, I, th- that's that's a great point that you make about the Rams, you know, because they do talk about how they don't really value the picks as much no. as, as other franchises do. That's certainly an approach... And it won a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, the Cardinals haven't been able to figure out either side of that that coin, right? I don't know what what can possibly change to make the Cardinals 
um, you know, their their draft execution and efficiency more than anything better. Uh, outside of, I I would say that the 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 whoever you have scouting talent right now, yeah, just isn't doing either a good enough job of really eyeing that talent to a high level and yeah. understanding what they could provide, or literally pounding the table for their guy and saying, "You have missed so many times, and we have told you who was going to be that dude." That's right. And if you don't have those guys in house telling you that, then you need to get rid of them. Steve, Con- get rid of them. Steve Kime loves to tell the story about how he pounded the table for Adrian Peterson once upon a time and Rod Graves and Ken Wisenhunt said, nope, we're taking Levi Brown. He loves to tell that story. Well, I, I would imagine that there is a Steve Kime right now in the Cardinal organization maybe that pounded the table for a Mahomes or a CeeDee Lamb, right, or a Tristan Wirfs, and their voice isn't being heard. So I, I do think that if you're Steve, listen, he, he is a great evaluator, I will say great, in free agency. He can identify current players in the NFL that will fit their system and usually gets them for cost-effective, you know, below market value. When you talk about James Conner and some of these guys, Matt Prater was great last year, and then certainly the trades that he's able to pull off for veteran star players. But when it comes to evaluating players in the college ranks, I, I have no faith in anybody in that organization to be able to say, I can project that guy to the next level. He's going to be an ass kicker. He's going to be a star. He'll be a pro bowler with us. They just, not only can they not identify pro bowlers and stars, I mean, in the case of Zavian Collins and Isaiah Simmons, their first two years, they can't identify starters early. Yeah, then that's the biggest problem. If you're going to swing and you're going to try and take somebody defensively that you think is going to be a, a huge benefit to you, then you better nail that those picks. Yeah, you got to nail those picks. You can't miss on those picks, picks whatsoever. They've missed in the last two picks in terms of production for a first round pick, especially production from a high first round pick. Right? Um, they can't miss like that. And then you compound it by missing in the second and third round. Uh, I you, you know, let me pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't necessarily missed in the second round because Byron Murphy is a good player. Right, he's a good player. He looked like he was going to be a pro bowler at the beginning of the season, without a doubt, and then kind of tailed off, got a little bit banged up, didn't have as great a second half of the season, which is the theme for this team right now. Um, And then Rondell Moore, again, not a bad bad pick. Uh, And so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But everywhere else, it just seems like every time they swing, they miss. And they've got to be so much better because you should have at least 10 to 15 dudes in the last four to five drafts that you can count on, rely on, and most of those guys are starters right now. Jalen in the <clears> chat <throat> says part of the problem is Kime uses his premium picks on non-premium positions. That's a great point. Too many off-ball linebackers, not enough corners, O-linemen, pass rushers. It's a great point, Jalen. Dayom Buchanan. Kevin Minter, once upon a time, egregious pick out of LSU, undersized, never really panned out and got a second contract. Now you've got Hassan Reddick that they played out of position and should have kept him a pass. How, how much of that do you think is like ego? Like I want to draft because I'm I want I want to make my imprint in the NFL by changing the game or changing the way things are played on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball. I feel like there's a little bit to that because on the defensive side of the ball, like you said, you have undersized linebackers. You have guys that are kind of like in between positions because they think that they can develop this hybrid type of player that can do it all, right? And then on the offensive side of the ball, you you took this gamble by bringing in Cliff Kingsbury, and then you add these little small little – little pieces and I don't 
mean that as a pun, but they are, <laughs> they are little. small little guys um, <laughs> that you think are going to end up being like the Tyreek Hills of the world, yeah. and they end up being the Tyreek Nils of the world. Wow, that's that's excellent. Excellent pun there by you, Saul. I would there say, from the linebacker standpoint, I think Kime has been jealous of what the Niners have had and the Seahawks have had. Bobby Wagner, right? K.J. Wright, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, and now Fred Warner. Kime wants a – I think he's just infatuated with that position. That's my opinion. I don't but he know doesn't that. even draft dudes that are like that. I, I, he, he said this year on radio, when they took Xavier Collins, they thought they were going to have, with he and Isaiah Simmons, the next Navarro Bowman-Patrick Willis-esque combo. Mm. Now, he had words put in his mouth – by the local radio host, like, is this what you envision? And he's like, of course, that's what we want. And we've got two big trees. He kept saying that. We've got two big trees in the middle of our defense. Well, when the playoffs started, those trees were cut down and shipped off, right, and 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 made into firewood because neither of those players started in the wild card game. It was Jordan Hicks Ugh. and Journeyman Tanner Vallejo. So I think there's also a disconnect as it relates <laughs> to, the, to the front office and and the imagine, coaching staff as to who to play. Imagine being in the suite and sitting next to Bidwell and maybe, oh, man, I would pay for this to happen. They do sit it, next it, to each other. I, I, what I was going to say was is like like Johnny sitting next to <laughs> next to uh, Michael Bidwell and be like, hey, those two first-rounders really worked out, huh? <laughs> who started right there? Okay, cool. You know that, what I mean? That fancy like, new jet, though, my man. You know, hey. I, I <laughs> All right, so of the players I gave you of the past three years outside of Kyler, because, again, everybody, we act like Kyler is a problem. No, he is a solution, and they need to pay him, and we've been on the record, like, clearly, he is their best pick of the Chimera, accolades aside, he can play. How many of these other guys do you feel like are ready to take the next step of the Murphys? Jalen Thompson, I think, clearly stands out of that group, and it's ironic. He was the only one not made on draft weekend. He was the last of the supplemental picks, um, or uh, the supplemental draft, RIP once upon a time. Rondell Moore, Marco Wilson, the two inside linebackers. Who do you think can remedy this for the Cardinals next year? Well, on the offensive side of the ball, it's only Rondell Moore, yeah. and it's it, that's it. There is nobody else. Maybe, maybe you could say Josh Jones if he develops into. Those a, are the only two offensive guys. That's it. Outside of that, um, there's two guys on the defense. You pointed to one, Jalen Thompson, obviously, and Byron Murphy. I do feel like Byron Murphy has the ability um, to be a good, solid number two or number three cornerback in this league. Uh, he's he's got the length that you like. Yeah. He's he you know he he likes to get after it. He was just a little banged up, and he's going to learn that about himself. You know, you start to play at a faster pace because you know where you're going on the field, and sometimes you go a little too fast for yourself, and you get a little banged up, and that's fine. I think Byron. The difference between Byron Murphy and Christian Kirk to me is that I feel like Byron Murphy is 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 trending up, and I feel like Christian Kirk has plateaued. Yeah, I don't. I w I'm not going to say Christian Kirk is is uh, in a downward spiral. I will say that he is plateaued. Yeah. and part of that is because of the system, the fit, um, and the quarterback. Like that, that all they all go hand in hand. So I, I just feel like it, Christian Kirk probably needs somewhere new to go, somewhere fresh to go, and and a new scheme to play in where they might be able to utilize him in different ways than we utilize them here. And we've seen with Byron Murphy D up the likes of Cooper Cup in L.A., like we've seen the high points of Byron, and I would argue that they're higher than the high points of Christian Kirk, 
who is benefiting from playing alongside a, a D hop in this year and AJ Green. Whereas there were many Sundays, Byron Murphy was on the number one receiver for the opposing team and did very well. Now he did not finish the year well. He was awful in the red zone. He has to remedy that. But I think like Kyler, I think he's only like 23, 24 years old and you need multiple corners. And so if the Cardinals can work out an extension that I dare I say is team friendly, uh, Byron, I think should get better with his next contract. I agree with you there. I think the name I'm putting Jalen Thompson is a known commodity, is a baller, not a star player yet, but I think he'll get extended and he was a great pick. The best day three pick of any of, uh, of the Kime era. Isaiah Simmons, 2020, he was the eighth overall pick, I believe, seventh or eighth overall pick. If he is not the man next year, we, we have a, a huge problem. You're a top 10 pick, and you're not a known commodity after year three. You're a bust. I'm sorry. You just, you are. Now, he can be a nice player that doesn't get a second contract, a la, you know, kind of Dayom Buchanan S, but Dayom was drafted in the 20s, right? Hassan Reddick was drafted 13th. Isaiah Simmons was one of the first seven and eight players taken in the draft. Like, he has to be the guy trending upward next year. I will say this, though. In that draft, there were so many people that literally had Isaiah Simmons as the number one player on the board. Correct. That's true. You know, so so at least with that one, I can accept that he might not live up to expectations because a lot of guys out there, a lot of scouts, a lot of GMs had him listed as number one because of all the versatility that he does have good size. Yeah. He has good length. He had great speed at the combine. Like yeah. I, I could see that. I understood it. And I was on board with that decision. But then you followed it up by Zayvon Collins, and that's where you lost me. <laughs> and like, honestly, that's where you lost me. Like, you just did this experiment a year ago. Yeah. And then right off the bat, you talk about how this guy is going to replace Jordan Hicks. There's just no fucking way. There's no way. Like, you can't replace an 8- to 10-year year veteran that understands the game, has seen it at a high level, has great instincts. I don't care how bad of a year he had the year before. Just to assume that he's going to take this place of a veteran is so ballsy. Yeah. Coming from fucking Tulsa, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> he wasn't like, He was an academic All-American. Oh, my God. <laughs> but this is the NFL. Oh Very God. different. Uh, then Panera Bread, who we probably played on every Saturday, uh, Panera Bread University. Uh, Jalen Blair in the chat, is it Isaiah Simmons or how we're using him? I would say how he's utilized, but then there are a lot of people who are like, well, he he's more of a natural safety a la Cam Chancellor. Well, if that's the case, you're really screwed because your best yeah. two positions on defense are currently filled by two safeties. Yeah. So what the hell are you going to do? Play Simmons as a third safety? I have seen enough good from him at linebacker to know he can play linebacker. The problem is, is number one, he didn't play nearly enough snaps going into his second year. So this year he's playing catch up, right? Yep. And then every time somebody wants to get down on them, just like Dallas, he'll go and he'll force a fumble to win that game, right? I think he has more splash plays in him and he's he's very good against against coverage, in coverage, I should say. He needs to improve his run defense hand over foot this offseason. So whatever that that looks like. Because at the end of the day, we don't know if Jordan Hicks is going to be on this team next year. We know we know Isaiah Simmons will be. So he has to be the man in the middle in 2022. I will say this about Zayvon Collins, going back to this. I do like the, the thought process of having Zayvon and Isaiah there together for three, four, five years, right? It's, it's awesome. That kind of mirrors what the Seahawks and the, the 49ers have done. So to that degree, I get it. And we also got to remember, like, we're really, we're really cutting off 
uh, Zavin's hands right now because of what we saw with Isaiah um, the first year leading yeah. into the second. And we fear that the same thing is going to happen to Zavin. Not a lot of snaps, not a lot of reps. Going into year two, way more is expected of him, and he's yeah. got to play catch-up. And we're hoping that that's not the case. And we got to give the guy an opportunity to, to improve. I'm not ready we, to give up on for him. For sure, no. Because I, I do like that he he thumps dudes in the hole. Yeah, he was like, great against Dallas, against the run that game. Like, like It's up to Vance Joseph to be able to develop him to the level by which they need and develop schemes around him that best utilize his talents. And right now, right now, I, Vance, Vance has not really – he hasn't molded his system to the players that he has. He's tried to mold the players around the system that he likes to incorporate. B's giving you love in the chat. Laugh out loud. Listening to Saul rant uh, with rage is awesome. I could not agree more. Those are my exact thoughts. I think you echo the Cardinal fan base. What pissed me off at the end of the year – was that just like Simmons as a rookie, Zayvon Collins is more than capable. He should play. Now, should he start? Should he play 100% of the snaps as a rookie? No. But when he doesn't play at all, or he's getting like five snaps a game, and you're watching Tanner Vallejo, and I think his name was Joe Walker, play meaningful snaps for a team that's trying to win the NFC West for the first time in five or six years— that, that is inexcusable, and that is on Vance Joseph. If you're going to get obliterated, you might as well get obliterated with the guys that you think are going to be the future. Absolutely. Why the hell do I want practice squad guys coming on the Joe Walker the got cut after a couple weeks, and he still couldn't get on the field. And I asked Vance Joseph after the Dallas game, Simmons had a big game, and uh, Zavian Collins played a lot because I think that Marcus Golden was out, so they put Zavian on the edge a little bit. And he played like 35 snaps, and he was active. And I asked Vance Joseph, and he was beaming. He's like, this was his best game. And I said, okay, good hell. This is great. We're just we're going to go upward trajectory. We're gonna, he's going to play a lot against Seattle. He's going to play a lot against Dallas. You know you, what happened? You, you thought. Didn't play at all. Didn't play at all, and the Cardinals sucked on defense those last two games of the season. And I'm not saying he was the magic elixir, but to your point, like just play the young guys, Vance. And that's why I was a little bit disappointed with how this whole defensive coordinator thing shook out because – we both agree. Vance is very capable. He's a good defensive coordinator, but is he the right one for this team? I think that's a conversation that for another day. It's funny because as we break down the offseason and, and really the, the season that just happened, and we see some of the common themes between the defense and the offense, you're starting to see some very, 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 very prominent similarities. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. I want to do this, and I want to run this defense and this offense – and they kind of get above their skis too much, but they don't have the personnel to do it, and they don't know how to adjust to to really take advantage of the personnel that they do have. You know, we talked all the time about the fact that we we needed to send Rondell Moore on more deep routes, or at least more a more a variety of different routes than we did this season. On the defensive side, Zayvon Collins could have been utilized in different ways. Yeah, if he was effective against Dallas, you know, at the edge then why not try him for a couple snaps at the edge against the Seahawks Mm -hmm. and against the Rams? You were getting absolutely ass-handed to you. Cam Akers bent you over in that wild card game and destroyed you against the Rams. Collins at least will try and stick his neck out there. Yeah, I want a thoroughbred, fresh from the college ranks, with with young legs. I love Jordan Hicks. He's approaching 30 years old. Now he's got a lot of miles on the tire, Mm -hmm. right? He's you know went to Texas, then got drafted by Philadelphia. I mean, he's had a very tenured NFL career. The point of these young guys is they should be ready to go. Like, they are cheap, quote-unquote cheap, labor that you should be able to benefit from. 
The problem with waiting so goddamn long to play Simmons and to play Zavian and a lot of these guys is, by the time you find out what they are, and if, God forbid, they are capable, like Hassan Reddick, you're screwed because, number one, you didn't pick up their fifth-year option, or you have to quickly extend them and overpay. That That's a huge problem this it, team has. Jalen Blair makes a fantastic point. Jalen, I love you right now, okay? Some of that's on Kime. Because if I'm the GM, I'm not signing the Joe Walkers and I'm not and I'm releasing Hicks. Yeah. You gotta clear the way for your picks to play. It's just like Moneyball when the coach refused <laughs> to put in uh I think it was Hillenbrand or something like that. Pena and then they had what's his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. So they traded Pena yeah. and now he had no chance he had no choice Hatterberg. but to play Hatterberg, yeah. <laughs> had to play Hatterberg at first base. That's exactly what he's saying he had right to play here. Star Lord at first Very base. well said, Jalen. That's right. Uh, some good comments. Uh, Bird game travel, our friend needs a drink. Well, I'm sure uh, we all need a drink when we look at the Cardinals uh, draft uh, resume over the last couple of years. Uh, I echo that. Uh, B says we need a full alignment from top to da- top down. We as a fan base have had enough of this disappointment approach between the front office and the coaching staff. It's all about the bigger picture. And I think B's to echo that. It's why a lot of people right now aren't excited about the draft with this team. Because it's like I get excited about players. Hell, I get excited about players this team drafts. And then you fast forward to the fall, and it's like, where the hell are they? True, true. However, I will say this, and I will challenge the fan base to do this. I think we always have a tendency to look at the skies falling, and um, there's been so many times, even on the Sun Show, that I've talked about, like, we need to be more optimistic than we are, right? Okay. And I think some of our weaknesses as a fan base is we just, it's hard to believe when you've never seen it. You know what I mean? You've never seen the path to a championship yeah. because it's never really happened. We've gotten close but we still haven't done it. And so until you see that, you don't have any trust that it could happen. And there's gonna, there, there has to be a, a, a nice little happy medium here because it can't always be the worst thing of, of all time. It's, yeah. And you know what? We're going to help you out with that because we're going to be out at the combine. Yes. And we're going to try and build that enthusiasm. <laughs> and damn it, I will say this. Johnny and I will have our own picks and maybe at the end of the year, we're going to kind of look back and say, hey, yeah. this is exactly who they should have drafted and then see how they how it all unfolded. Um, that's part of the fun of this. A week from today, or maybe two to the minute, we will be trying to get answers from Steve Kime. He will speak to the media for the first time since this Murray debacle. He's going to be asked free agency questions, probably as it relates to Chandler Jones. And you know, sure as hell, people are going to be like, what's going on with Isaiah Simmons and Xavier Collins? Are you concerned? I'm going to ask that question. Why your first-round picks don't play? Is there a disconnect? So we'll hold them accountable. But in the meantime, oh, I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. Who I, can't, I can't wait. I'm going to just have a camera on both of you guys. Yeah, you know what? Steve's pretty pretty direct and pretty forward, and so I would I would imagine that a lot of his responses are going to be direct and forward, uh, and I would imagine that they have big plans for Zavian Collins uh, this year. Yeah, we'll grill him and then we'll buy him a drink after. That's Who right. Cares? All right, hoop fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get 150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers. Can also bet on the NBA in the second half of the season with same game parlays. 
Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Just did a transaction this, this morning. Money was in the account this afternoon. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code PHNX21 and over gambling problem call 1-800-DEXSTEPS. New customer only. You do have to do a $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for more details. Syntix Neptune. When are you guys dropping your mock drafts? <laughs> Friday. I have a mock hey. draft coming on. GoPHNX.com. First of all, I love the love. Everybody's been asking me on Twitter. Not everybody, but a lot of people on Twitter on our chat, when will I do a mock draft? I will have a mock draft for the Cardinals through the first three rounds this Friday at gophnx.com. So get your coffee, get your membership. By the way, it's a good time to plug gophnx.com. You can get a year-long membership for just south of 60 bucks with a free T-shirt like this one here. Or you want to dip your toe in on Friday, 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months. I'm a big mock draft guy. So I'm going to do a different kind of renditions throughout mock draft season. I'll do a full first rounder. We'll do multiple 1, 2, 3.0 as it relates to the Cardinals. Because as we know, free agency changes some things. They shit the bed with a pass rusher. They don't bring back Chandler Jones. If they can't get Hassan Reddick, somebody like that, pick 23, might have to be a pass rusher. You know, we'll see. And I would, speaking of that, it would not surprise me at all, Saul, if we went to the Combine next week and they announced that they might be moving Zayvon Collins to edge rusher for a little bit of leverage with Chandler Jones. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I couldn't you see Kime saying that we like what he did at the end of the year, we're considering moving him to the edge? I could see that, and I think Zayvon could hold up on the edge I do too. very well. Yeah. Like, he's a bigger, he's a much thicker guy than Isaiah Simmons. Um, but then if you do that, you, you are basically admitting that we have missed on this pick because we thought he was going to be an interior. Or you're talking Jordan Hicks up. Just say, hey, Jordan's got plenty of left in the tank. We'll just roll back with him. Sure, sure. <laughs> also, Cardinals update. You need to put down whatever it is that you are smoking right now. <laughs> Hot take trade. Buddha for CD. Jalen is very good. Oh, and no. Simmons can play all over the field. And the only thing this team can draft is safety. Plus, make Kyler happy and get younger and save money. First of all, the again, it's easy to say that and not think about the other team on in this scenario. We all want the C. Cowboys Lamb, so. are not going to trade CD Lamb ever. Period. Not until the end of his contract when they decide mm, maybe we can let him go. <laughs> Number two, you uh, Buddha Baker right now is the heart and soul of your defense. You saw the reaction and how like guys were in tears when they saw Buddha laying there on the ground uh, at SoFi Stadium at the end of that game, like. He he is the passion of that defense. When he rolls, the Cardinals are rolling. And so you can't you gotta think about that intangible as well when it comes to Buda Baker. The the, the CD Lamb thirst is real. It's going to go down as assuming he's on this trajectory, I think he's going if, to put up 1,400, 1,500 yards. It's the new Adrian Peterson. If Kime fucked around and found a way to get CD Lamb, there's over no here, there's no way. I know there's no way. But if he did, I mean People would lose their minds over that one, but I got, it's never going to happen. That's why I proposed last week the great value CeeDee Lamb and Hollywood Brown to bring to the desert with Kyler Murray. It's not the same thing. It's the discounted version of his counterpart at Oklahoma. But Right, right now I feel like what we should be doing is doing what CeeDee Lamb did on draft night is take, take the phone away <laughs> from the people. I, I knew where you were going With that. From his girl. 
Take that phone away and say, That's one of the greatest clips of all time. Put put it down. You knew he was going to be good because his hands were so fast to take that phone away. (laughs) He snatched that phone out of thin air. What is you doing over here? I got two phones. They're mine. God, he belonged here. I, you know what? It was a pick I would have supported, but it was not my top choice. Kudos to everybody who thought that was going to be a great pick and the Cardinals should do that. You were correct. But speaking of receivers, the Cardinals (laughs) have a second-year receiver in Rondell Moore, who, by all accounts, should see his route tree grow in year two. This is from the team's website, azcardinals.com. This is from uh, Coach Jefferson, the receiver coach. That's one thing Rondell and I have discussed, growing his route tree. How about that, Saul? Being able to put him outside a little bit more. His route tree will grow leaps and bounds this year. Well, it has to from bubble screen bullshit, horizontal plays, and drags. To, and drags to, hey, maybe some vertical routes from the guy who can run 4-3. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, again, the template is there. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big Tyler Lockett fan. Yes. Uh, I went to K-State for a year, saw him in his final year there. Fell in love with the kid because he's such a hard player. <laughs> um, I wanted the Cardinals to draft him. Mm-hmm. Of course, didn't happen. And now he's playing for the Seahawks. That's kind of what I envisioned Rondell Moore to be, a yeah. little bit uh, of a version like Tyler Lockett. Um, I also think uh, Rondell Moore, listen, if you want the ball to be in his hands, you need to give him the ball in his hands any way you can. I did not like Christian Kirk as a punt returner. I felt like he was wildly inept at it. And Rondell Moore has a little bit more burst side to side, and that's what you kind of need uh, as a punt returner. Put him back there. Mm-hmm. Let, let him run back there and – Again, Rondell Moore being able to add more variety to his routes. Shit, it can't be any worse than what we saw with A.J. Green. At least he might turn around. That's that's the big thing. The best play I saw this year in person, my favorite, my favorite play of the year, um, and I could not believe it with my eyes, was Kyler Murray against the Vikings right before half, scrambling out of the pocket on the run, throwing to an open Rondell Moore downfield for that bomb touchdown. It's the best play of the year. Um, it's my favorite play of the year. And I saw that, and I'm like, oh, good hell, they have a deep threat now. This is like John Brown, but I think an upgrade. You know, he played in the Big Ten. He's got yak ability out the ass. And then, like, literally for the rest of the year, he never ran a, a deep route again. You know who that's almost eerily similar to, except Rondell was far more effective, mm. is your your boy, Andy Isabella. The the one time we actually saw him run a downfield route, yeah. he caught it and went 89 yards to the house. Why do you think Cliff is just anti, like, converting these deep shots. I don't know. I don't know. And, and again, I don't want to say it's because of Murray's height. Um, You know, seeing smaller guys down the field versus what you're seeing in the pocket. But I will say that, in my estimation, it has to have played a part somehow, some way, because there's no other explanation for it. No. There really isn't. Rondell if he can stay healthy, will be an all-purpose kind of 1,200-yard player next year. I believe that. What is, what is, what are I need you that shirt, at? too. Brigade Travel says, I need a shirt that says yakability out the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, now, we can make our own shirts here. We can. Don't give us any ideas. Uh, cards update. Uh, the sideline catch uh, that we tweeted out, by the way, uh, yesterday against the Niners from Rondell Moore, one of the best catches he's ever seen. I would agree. His hands are super underrated. I think when they lost him for a large stretch of the season, their passing game obviously struggled. And then I don't think he ever really got back into form. Mm -hmm. So then you think about, okay, they lost D-Hop to the injury. Rondell was never Rondell again. And then so you had an old A.J. Green out there, and you had Christian Kirk who was, I don't know what he was doing. That was Christian Kirk's opportunity to really shine, and it didn't happen. 
no wonder Kyler Murray's stats were garbage at the end of the year. Or not garbage, but not great. They weren't great. I mean, not as great, compared to, to start the year, I mean, he was force-feeding the ball. Rondell Moore, like, led the team in receiving through the first month of the season. And I thought, they finally did it. They finally hit on a receiver. And I still feel that way, Saul. But at the same time, like, it's a little bit concerning, like, you saw this guy in camp, and he was dominant. Remember all the headlines from camp were like, good God, Rondell Moore is unbelievable. What are you laughing about? Bees is funny as shit. <laughs> is it, oh, Rondell Moore is a deep threat? Cliff, fuck it. <laughs> Spam bubble screens and sweeps. <laughs> it's true. It is true. All right. What, like, I, what are realistic expectations for him next year? For Rondell Moore? Yeah. Uh, realistic, realistic expectations for Rondell Moore. I do believe he's a thousand yard receiver. I do too. Um, I think if you show more deep route capability, then the short underneath stuff will open up for yeah. him. Uh, because DBs ain't gonna want to play up tight. No. I promise you that. No, not when they get torched for sixty. No, like all right, let me back up. You know. Um, so I, I do believe in that. It's just again. Can Cliff find ways to get his players the ball in key situations? That's the biggest if. That's the biggest question mark. Uh, I do expect them to add a receiver in free agency and or the draft, especially if they could potentially lose. And we feel like they're both going to lose Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. I would look for upgrades there. But, oh, no, not uh, A.J. Green. <laughs> not nucleus that consists of Hopkins, Rondell Moore, hopefully Zach Ertz, and a couple additional uh, items would be good. Okay, so... By the way, today was the first day that teams could start tagging players. You can tag players from now until franchise tag until March 8th, which is right ahead of free agency. Uh, we've talked about this at nauseum. Chandler Jones, if you tag him today, $20 million next year. If I'm sure if you're Chandler Jones, he's like, hell yeah, tag me. I'll come back to Arizona for $20 million. <laughs> so um, want to pick your brain on that. Uh, some other names, if you want them back for a year, James Conner, you'd have to pay $12 million. Christian Kirk, $19 million. Zach Ertz, $10 million. So I, I pulled those numbers just to kind of show everybody. The franchise tag, probably not in the cards this year for the Cardinals. No, they should stay away from that franchise tag as as, as far away as possible. <laughs> uh, like there's no, there's no due coming out this year that should be franchise tag. Now, Pete Calais Campbell, Pete Chandler, they ch tagged Chandler Jones in 2017, and then they extended him. And that's usually the kind special is like, we'll tag you. We'll try to get some more time to get a deal done so then we can allocate funds to further years. There's really nobody on that list that you'd want to do that with. I, I, frankly, of those, that group of players, I think everybody on that list has a chance to leave outside of probably James Conner and, and hopefully Zach Ertz comes back. Can you imagine if the Cardinals were like, oh, yeah, we're franchise tagging Chandler Jones? I think a lot of fans would be in support of that. Are you serious? I, so I took a pulse this morning. One, like Jalen just said, it, 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 uh, one of the one of his former agents on Twitter said it could be as high as twenty five million to tag Jones. So I I pulled up Spot Track this morning. It said the projection is twenty million this year for an edge rusher, not a linebacker. Linebacker is like fifteen million. Chandler, Chandler would be like, I'm an edge rusher. Um, I think that if you don't tag him, number one, it's assurance that he's gone. They will not be able. He will be chum in the water. For teams like the Jaguars, the Dolphins, we've talked about it. That have, Let them have them. That have, <laughs> that have 100 have plus them. million. Okay, 
Saul is he, on the I, record. He is not welcoming I, back. I hope Chandler. he goes to the 49ers. I hope he goes to the Seahawks. I hope he goes to the Rams. We could use a little bit more time in the pocket. All right. Good hell. All right. Children <laughs> five or older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. It's safe, free, and highly effective. And the vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location nearest in to all, you. In all seriousness, Chandler Jones is a good player. He's just not worth $20 million a year. He is not. Uh, it's sad, though. Franchise leader in sacks. We'll probably have seen him play his last game. And it's funny. He, on his Insta story the other night, he took a play. It was the last play of the season. And it was him playing the run hard to show everybody, like, hey, I'm going, I'm going hard. Whistle to whistle, guys. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you posting this? Oh, my gosh. Chandler, I love you, my man. Uh, it's going to be weird not having him around the, uh, the desert, assuming they don't tag him. Um, I, I do. I, I will miss the charisma. and the, He is fun. He's a fun guy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But, you know, fun guy uh, doesn't get – it do, doesn't get you a Super Bowl. You know, no. you need you need actual productivity on the on the field. And also, bees. you just missing Rashad White. Uh, he said, Rashad White reminds you so much of Le'Veon Bell. We saw what James Saxon was able to do with that prototype. We need that. Uh, interesting you mentioned Rashad White because uh, rumor has it he might be coming in studio here soon. Ooh, hell yeah, he yeah. will. So, All right, uh, love hearing for, that. Look for that sometime in the, the first week or two of March. So, last segment today. Introduce a new segment on the show. I'm sure it's going to strike a chord with many of you. It is around a very hot-button topic as it relates to the Arizona Cardinals' new uniforms. Now, we have no official announcement of new uniforms, but we do have a new segment called New Threads. Who dis? Where we're going to talk about fan-made Cardinal uniforms for you guys to absolutely torch or love here on the program. So, Jacob, do we have that graphic, by the way? There it is. New Threads. Who this? Who dis? I'm sorry. <laughs> so this was made on Twitter, and Ooh. I apo- uh, Saul is seeing this for the first time. This is by McManus Design on Twitter. Poor bastard, didn't even know I was going to use this, and then people in the comments are like, these are terrible. First of all, <laughs> I am numb to the current uniform so much so, and I put this on Twitter. I love these. I think these are great. Um <laughs> Don't don't laugh. What the Brigade Travel said, if the ones I submitted aren't in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> what did you submit? I don't even know what you uh, submitted. I don't you can't text it to me either. You gotta text Johnny. You gotta D my DMs are open. In fact, they're wide open for you to slide up in there and shoot me uniforms that you want to see on the show. We're gonna do this every Tuesday called New Threads Who Dis. Oh my God! Oh, what is that abomination? What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh no! So that came from our buddy Arnold, who may or may not have a source. He he sent that to us. We're putting it on screen. Arnold might be smoking the same thing that <laughs> that uh, uh, cards update was smoking earlier in the show because that uniform is straight up garbage. I would I would rock it because it's so <laughs> oh, it's God. so bad. It's one of those. It's so bad. It's good. Um, and Is I thought, it? yeah, put it back. Jacob, can we see that again? Uh, well, Jacob's like quick with the trigger. Yeah, like, he right is. Now. I like see... people want to see what we're talking they about. They want to see my fat face. Look at Don't this. you love that I have a preview mode where, you know, it's still on the screen even when you guys are seeing yourself? No, I don't so even know what that maybe is. Maybe you should learn about what I'm doing no, behind here. No, we Like, it, can the audience see it the entire time we've been talking about this? Yes. All right, so this 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 jersey is an abomination. We don't like it at all. People in the comments are saying that's the worst thing they've ever seen. Um, Jacob, can we see the original graphic from my guy McManus? 
I, this is the one I want to break down today. Okay. I think these are clean. I like the flag on it. Are they perfect? No. But I do think they are an upgrade because, hell, anything is an upgrade over their current uniforms. I like the white, especially. I think that looks good on oh, Kyler. Of course you do. I. What's wrong? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I... This is, I have seen this, I've digested it, I, I am pro this. I'm on the record as saying I like these, I'm pro these, what is your take? I'm okay with both of them. I, the one adjustment I would make is I would like to see the colors blend into the sleeve and then have the Arizona flag like it does, like on the red one. Mm -hmm. and like the red blends into the sleeve and then you have the Arizona State flag over that. Um, if the white one was the same way, so the sleeves were white, um, I think I'd be on board with that one as well. I do like this. It's not a wildly crazy change is just some subtle changes and that's why i think it's realistic this uh, is yeah. like michael bidwell probably yeah. would approve i would i would totally rock with this like for sure dude that state flag on the sh on the sleeve is just is is sick i almost it's feel sick. like it's mandatory of any change that they have you have to have the state flag on the sleeve uh, for sure they did it um way back with the the small flag on the sleeve and stuff like that but um, I, I like throw that shit in people's faces. You know what I mean? And I love, love, love the subtle change on the, on the face masks to a red face mask. Yeah. I do love that very, very much. I think that's something that, um, is much needed. I think there, if you're not going to change the whites on the helmet, right, mm -hmm. which I don't think they ever will. Um, you should at least change the face mask to, uh, away from that, you know, listen, I don't want to see a pop Warner gray face mask anymore okay no it's that's ugly. what they have it's, now it's like ugly. who cares that is from joe mcmanus you can follow him at mcmanus designs on twitter again if you have mock uniforms that you friend family created that you want to see highlighted on this show first of all yeah i have thick skin because good hell these cardinal fans are rabid when it comes to the uniforms slide up in my dms we will put you on air for new threads who dis we're going to do it every tuesday assuming i have some to discuss because uniforms goodness it is the hot button item that and kyler murray this is what the fan base wants to talk about and i get it because the new the current uniforms are, are god awful uh b says black alternate helmets would go so hard i i would second that and say matte black helmets would go so hard oh my god i would just oh i'd buy a million of those things bird gang travel i got your text message we will highlight that i need to be able to build it up a little bit we'll highlight that on a future show uh and i will let you know because they are what you just sent me it is popping at least my opinion, in my opinion, and I don't have the pulse of the fan base when it comes to uniforms. Everything that I think is going to be great. I posted that I, I, on PHNX Cardinals this morning thinking people were going to love it. And everybody was like, this ain't it. This ain't it, Johnny. <laughs> Listen, whoever they got designed in the uniform better be like a legit artist in terms of fashion design. Like, And it, and it better not be some sloppy, oh, oh, we're in the desert. Let's make it shit brown color. <laughs> like, no, 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 no that you, stuff. You hate I those, hate you, those uniforms so much. You hate so the sand uniforms so oh much. Oh, my gosh. I hope they do it so bad. I All feel right. like we're about to deploy right now. Like, when, when, when I see those uniforms, I'm like, oh, my God. Are we, are we about to jump on a C-17 and go to Afghanistan? What the fuck is we're going, going on? We're going to war this Sunday against the 49ers. <laughs> Get ready, Cardinal fans. Bring your sand jerseys. I, I like those. I would be pro that. I'd be pro any of these jerseys. Just give me something different. But for now, be sure to like, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Yeah. 
Again, a week from today, we will be in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine with answers from Steve Kime and company. Hopefully some fun NFL personalities will be able to join us from Indy. But until then... Yeah, we, uh, we, we got to go hug Jacob because he got in his feels about us making fun of his production value. I love you, Jacob. We're very close. He and I are very close. I will take this show over. <laughs> well, you can end this show is what you can do. Yes. We'll see, go? Yes, we'll see you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Take care, everybody.